0: Hello and welcome to Battle Ready with Missy Armstrong. We are going to prepare ourselves for battle by learning about the characters in the Bible. Learning about their victories and their defeats. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome. My name is Missy Armstrong and if it's your first time here, hi. We're so happy that you're listening and we hope you get a lot out of the lesson today. If this is not your first time, welcome. Hello and welcome. I am got to apologize right off the bat this morning. I have not felt well for a couple of weeks, uh, allergies and things and I am still very stopped up and I may have to stop to cough or uh, blow my nose or something like that. But we will continue and get through this together. So, if this is the first time you're listening, I'm so glad you're here and happy to have you. If you listened before, welcome back. Today we do start Moses. Super excited about that. And it will probably cover several weeks, of course, because Moses is quite long. Um, But we will start out in Exodus chapter 2. If you want to get your Bible open and go there, that would be awesome. I'm going to give you a little bit of history right now. Not very much, but just a touch. Um, At this point, the Israelites have lived in Egypt for Many generations now. About 300 years or so. And. They are slaves. in to, to the Egyptians. In Egypt. The Egyptians have noticed. That they reproduce. Quite well. And that there are a large amount of them. And that they're. Pretty. They're kind of scared. That if they t- try to revolt. There's a lot of them. So the Pharaoh decides we're going to kill the boys right we're going to kill the Israelite boys and we'll move on you know we'll cut down the reproduction rate. well at this point in time a woman has a baby Moses and she needs to figure out what to do so that's where we are In the story when we start in Exodus chapter 2. So now a man from the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw he was a fine child, she hid him for three months, but when she could not hide him any longer, she got a papyrus basket, put him in it, or papyrus basket for him, sorry, jumped ahead, Coated, uh, coated it with tar and pitch and then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. The, his sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. The, then the Pharaoh's daughter went out to the Nile to bathe. Her attendants were walking along the riverbank and she saw the basket among the reeds and sent a female slave to get it. She opened it and saw that it was a baby, and he was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked the Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew children to nurse this baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take the baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him, and when the child grew older, she took, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, he, I drew him out of the water. One day, after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people, looking this way and that, seeing no one. He killed the Egyptian and hid his body in the sand. The next day he went out and he saw two Hebrews fighting. And he asked one of, the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? And he said, who made you ruler and judge over us? are you going to are you thinking of killing me as you killed that Egyptian then he then Moses was afraid and thought what I did must have been known and when Pharaoh heard of this he tried to kill Moses but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian where he sat down by a well now a priest of Midian had seven daughters and they came to draw water and fill it fill the troughs to water their father's flock. Some shepherds came along and drove them away, but Moses got up and came to the rescue and watered their flocks. <coughs> when the girls returned to their father, he asked them, Why have you returned so early today? And they answered, An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds he even drew water for us and watered the flock where is he their father asked why did you leave him invite him to come and have something to eat moses agreed to stay with the man and he gave his daughter zipporah to moses in marriage zipporah gave birth to a son and moses named him gershom saying i have become the foreign a foreigner in a foreign land during this long period the king of egypt died and the israelites groaned in their sa- slavery and cried out and their cry for help and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to god God heard their groaning and remembered the covenant he had made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So, God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. So, we'll stop there just for a second. So, from the beginning, God's hand was definitely on Moses' life, right? I mean... Here he is born a male in a time when they were killing male babies. And his his mom couldn't hide him any longer. She puts him in the Nile. And lo and behold, who finds this? But the Pharaoh's daughter, right? So, and then Miriam, which is not named here, but his daughter, his, his sister Miriam... Was watching. As this was going on. To make sure that Moses was safe in the river. And when Pharaoh's daughter finds him. She says. Let me go find a Hebrew woman. To nurse the baby. And of course she goes and gets her mother. And then. Pharaoh's daughter. Pays. Moses' mother. Nurse him and take care of him until he is able to be weaned and come back into Pharaoh's house. And she is paid, <laughs> she is paid to take care of her own child. God's hand is in this, right? The whole time. So he goes and, and is raised in Pharaoh's house with the other members of you know of members of the Egyptian royalty but as he grows he of course sees the damage that the Egyptians are doing to the Hebrews and he realizes what's going on like okay so Let's step back. I got a little bit ahead of myself. But let's. Okay, so he was born. In a time when he should die. But he didn't. Because his mother, Jochebed, built an ark and. Or a basket and put him into the Nile. Being saved by his. By Pharaoh's daughter. And he is raised and educated in the Egyptian way. He is he is educated the same way as the pharaohs are educated. He knows how their court works. And because he was considered the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he has a little bit of standing there. But and when he got older He learned that he was a Hebrew. He learned that he was not Egyptian. And when he sees the Egyptian hitting the Hebrew and realizes what his people are going through while he is living in the lap of luxury as an Egyptian... He turns on this man. And kills him. And. He. Immediately. Is like. I gotta hide the body. Of course. And. It was natural for him to want to do something. To. Relieve. The Israelites of this oppression. But, killing him may not have been, or probably was not the right way to go. It, it seemed more like, to me, like it was done out of an act of pride of his own strength. Not as, or of his own standing. Not as really a way to relieve the stress, or relieve this oppression. Um... So, in this, he realizes Pharaoh' gonna try to kill him, and he does, and he runs, and he runs to Midian, and in Midian, he meets Jethro, his father-in-law, and Zipporah, his wife, and uh. He starts a life in Midian, away from Pharaoh and away from his Hebrew family that lives in Egypt. And, and during this time, Moses Moses realizes that he that God can only give power to men. Who are humbled. And do not have pride. And this reminds me of a verse. Uh, in Zechariah. 4. 6. This. Is the word of the Lord. To Zerubbabel. Not by nor not by might nor by power but by my spirit says the lord almighty it is not us and it's not through you know it's not our power that brings upon any thing good in this world it is by god working through us and that moses ended up Acting on anger and just of his own strength. And instead of praying to God and asking God what can I do to help these people. He immediately burst into action. Killed the man. And then ended up spending years in Midian. So Let's continue on to the next part of the story and we'll be in chapters 3, 3 and 4. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock on the far side of the wilderness and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire within a bush. Moses saw that and thought that the bush was on fire, but it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why does the bush not burn up? When when the Lord saw that Moses had come over to look, the Lord called out to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals and place Take off your sandals for this is a place where you are standing on holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And this at this Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I indeed, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and bring them out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Prezerites, the Hivites, and the Jezubites. And now the cry of the Israelites reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will go with you, and I and this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, go and worship God on the mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me. What is his name? What shall I tell tell them? And God said to Moses. I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And God also said to Moses. Say to the Israelites. The Lord. The God of your fathers. The God of Abraham. The God of Isaac. The God of Jacob has sent you this is my name forever the name you shall call me from generation to generation go and assemble the elders of Israel and say to them the Lord the God of your fathers the God of Abraham the God of Isaac Jacob appeared to me and said I have watched over you and I have seen what you what has been done to you in Egypt and I have promised to bring you out. Out of your misery. In Egypt. To the land of the Canaanites. The Hittites. The Amorites. The Preserites. The Hivites. And the Jesuits. To a land flowing with milk and honey. The elders of Israel. Will listen to you. When you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt. And say to him. The Lord. The God of the Hebrews. Has met with us. Let us take three day journey into the wilderness and offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch my hand out and strike the Egyptians with all wonder, all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that he will let you go. And I will make the... hit. The Egyptians favorably disposed towards the people. So that when you leave you will not go empty handed. Every woman will ask her neighbor. And every woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold. And for clothing. Which you will put on your sons and daughters. And so you will plunder the Egyptians. Moses answered. What if they do not believe me, or do not listen to what I say? The the Lord did not appear to you. Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, Throw it on the ground. And Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake. And he ran from it. And the Lord said to him, Reach down with your hand and pick up the tail. So Moses reached down and took a hold of the snake, and it turned back into a sna- staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of your of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Then he said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak, and he took it out and the skin was leprous and it became white as white snow now put it back in your cloak he said so Moses put it back back in his cloak and he took it out and it was restored like the rest of his flesh then the Lord said if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign they can believe the second but if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you Take some water from the Nile and pour it on dry ground. The water you take from the Nile will become blood on the ground. And Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow, slow to speech and the tongue. But the Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who gave them their who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and teach, and will teach you what to say. But Moses says, Pharaoh, your, your, pardon your servant. Please, Lord, please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burst up again against Moses, and he said, What about your brother Aaron, Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak, and the people, to the people for you, and it will be as if he were your mouth, as if you were God to him. But take your, take this staff in your hand, so that you can perform signs with it. Then Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, "Let me return to my own people in Egypt to see." if any of them are still alive and Jethro said go and I wish you well now the Lord said to Moses and Midian go back to Egypt for all of those who wanted to kill you are dead so Moses took his wife and his sons and put them on donkey put them on a donkey and started back to Egypt and he took the staff of God in his hand and the Lord said to Moses when you return to Egypt see that you perform before the Pharaoh, all the wonders I have given you the power to do. But if I harden his heart, but I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go, then I will say to the Pharaoh, Then say to the Pharaoh, This is what the Lord says Israel is my firstborn son. and I told you let my son go so that they may worship me but he you refused let him go so I will you refused to let him go so I will kill your firstborn son at the lodging place on that day the Lord met with Moses and was about to kill him but Zephora took a flint knife and cut off her son's foreskin and touched Moses' feet with it. Surely you are the bridegroom of blood to me, she said. So the Lord led him alone. At that time, she said, the bridegroom of the blood, she was referring to circumcision. The Lord said to Aaron, Go into the wilderness and meet Moses. So he met Moses at the mountain of God, and he kissed him then moses told aaron everything that god had sent sent him to say and also about the signs that he was commanded to perform moses and aaron brought together all the elders of the israelites and aaron told them everything that god had said to moses he also performed the signs in front of the people and they believed and then they heard the lord's concern about them and had seen their misery and they bowed down and worshipped. Moses's life in the Bible is it's divided up into three distinct time periods. Um around forty years each approximately. And so the first forty years is spent with his birth and being weaned or you know being nursed by his mother and then returned to pharaoh's palace and raised as an egyptian in pharaoh's palace and then there there is that murder of the egyptian and then there's 40 years inside of midian right Like um, where he has met Jethro and Zipporah, and they have children, and he works as a shepherd there for Jethro. And then there are the Exodus into the wilderness of, you know, the into the wilderness, uh, the Exodus. To travel across into the wilderness, in going to Canaan, and and then of course the, the forty years before, uh, you know the forty years of wandering and all of this in hi- if of the Israelites when they decided that Canaan was too dangerous, um, so. At the end of Moses' time in Midian... the end of this 40 year period... Moses is called by God... To go and let my people go, so to speak. You know what I mean? Go and save his people. And Moses... He is like almost the king of excuses here, right? He's all He is almost like anybody but me. Now, who does this sound like? 90% of us are full of excuses. And Moses, he had them too, right? So God comes to him. And the first thing he says is, who am I that I should go? And 90% of us, the same way, when God calls us to do something is, who am I? That that why did you choose me to do this? You know, why why am I the one? And God said, I chose you and you're going to do this. But then he comes back and he says, well, well who do I say that you are because people are going to ask me, you know, who is who sent you? Right. And he says, What shall what shall I say your name is? And God said, you, you tell them I am who I am. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then he comes back and he said He says, Okay. What if they don't believe me? And God says, Here, I'm going to give you the power to do these things. And prove that God has sent sent Moses to these people. So, Moses then says, this is like excuse number four by now. And he says, I've never been eloquent. I don't know how to speak good. I'm slow to speech and, and to tongue. And God at this point it's got to be angry, right? I mean, by now, I'd have been, like, snapping his head off. Like, J- just do it, right? But Moses, or, you know, God said, Moses, your brother Aaron, he's an eloquent speaker. He's great speaker. I'm going to send you Aaron to help you out. So, Moses, full of all of these excuses... Then all of these questions. Still asked. Can you send somebody else? Now. We look at this. And we think. Oh. Moses would you stop already. Right. We're sitting there thinking. Just. Obviously God knows. And God has chosen you for this thing. But. How many of us have done the exact same thing? How many of us, when we have felt God's call, been really me? But I'm not. It can't be me. I'm not the right person for this. And then when God keeps telling you, yes, yes, you are. You know, you go back and you're like, well, how am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to do this? I'm not qualified. I am don't have the means. I don't have the abilities. And God said just. I'll give you these things. Just continue on. Just do what I'm asking you to do. And then. Like. Then you're like. Okay. Wh- what if it doesn't work out? What if I step out on faith. And it's not your will and it doesn't work out and i'm not good people aren't getting saved or we're not we're not being as productive or as prosperous as i assumed we would or whatever for your ministry and then god is like i've got this don't you worry about it and then we're like okay well what 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 if I'm not good enough what if i what if I screw this up or i and God is still over there going, I got you. I got you. He has always got you if he gave you a job to do, he is gonna give you everything you need to do that job. if he is leading you in a direction if he is pulling you towards some way then you need to turn and look at that and be like okay i'm being called to this one of the very hardest decisions that my family has had to make was leaving a church that we were at for over gosh probably 10 or 11 years maybe even longer um and probably about 10 years. I, I think we joined when my son was 7. And then we left when he was a junior. A, a sophomore or junior. And he was almost 17. If he wasn't 17. And we loved this church. And, and we served in this church. In a variety of ways. And we loved the people in this church. But God. Was telling us. There is something more for you. I need you somewhere else. And my f- husband was feeling it. I was feeling it. And we started praying together. And we started seeking advice from other pastors or other people that we knew that were godly people and explaining their situation, what, and, and off giving them our information. And so they could pray for us in our decisions. And we were kind of like Moses. We kept second guessing. To the point where I prayed. And I prayed for a while. And said God if this is what you want me to do. Create a separation between me and this church. So that I am aware. That. This is the right choice. And. He answered my prayers. Many. Many things stacked on top of each other. Um, happened in the span of about three to four months that really helped us make our decision made it a little bit easier to leave and it was still hard and it was still heartbreaking to walk out of the church but we left and we went out on a search for the place we needed to be and God led us all I mean we went and visited quite a few churches, and we even enjoyed that experience of listening to various pastors, you know and and visiting various people. but then we found a home, we found a place that needed us, a place that that was really needing our presence, they needed our abilities, and in that church we've been able to serve. In great ways. And so yes we did the same thing as Moses. As much as we want to condemn Moses in this moment. We were still quite the same way. And it just reiterates to me. That people are people. Human beings are human beings. And though we want to think that we are in more enlightened. And we want to think that we are more pious or holy or righteous or whatever when it comes right down to it we make the same mistakes and we do the same things as these people in the bible but their stories are there to teach us it's not the end when you question god it is not the end when you screw up You can still come back and make a difference. Your story is never over until you take your last breath. So there is always a chance for redemption. There is always a chance for grace. And there is always a chance for mercy. And so our challenge in this is that when God prepares us and calls us for a task it is pointless for us to fall back on excuses one of god's principles is that his finger points the way his hand will open will be open to supply our every need never forget that the task ahead of you is never as great as the power behind you i'm going to say that again never forget That the task ahead of you. Is never as great as the power behind you. Alright. God. If it is his will. And if he's calling you. Nothing. Nothing. Is more powerful. Than what you've got in your corner. And uh. I want to end today with this verse, and just to have you think about it for a little bit. In First Corinthians, one twenty-seven and twenty-nine, it says, or twenty-seven, twenty-eight, it says, "But God chose fu- foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose lowly things of the world, and the despised things." To nullify the things that are. So. If you're weak. Just remember God uses those weak. That weak. The weakness. To make the strong. To show. The strong. That he is more powerful. That he is. The God of the universe. He is the one in control. So. This week as you're going throughout your time. And you're thinking about life. Always remember. That. God's plans for us. He has already thought about your weakness. He has already thought about what you think are your flaws. And he is using those. To handle your calling he knows he has this already planned out so always remember God's plan for you is the purpose for your life it is to help others and to spread God's word thank you so much for listening today and I hope that everything sounds alright I know I'm stuffed up but I hope that you enjoyed the lesson and please remember always to be kind to yourself and be kind to others and to smile because God loves you and so do I